I think what Josh Dobbs has, has really done is coming in here on short notice and really going, you know, two and two in a, in a stretch where, you know, a lot of people might have thought Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson being out, the deck stacked against us. That's not the way this team thinks. That's not the way we operate. It's not the way I operate. Uh, we're trying to go out and win every football game we play, and uh, we're going to evaluate what we've been able to do, things we need to get better at, and we'll take a look at, you know, what that looks like. It is a Tuesday edition. It is the day after. Text Club 35270. Phone numbers 237-3767. Toll free 888-458-6926. This is 740 The Fan. We are KNFL. The uh, studios presented by Gunderson Jewelers to OMG. Gunderson Jewelers. Uh, Gunderson Jewelers. Uh, <laughs> Derek and I off there, and PA was awesome. And of course, PA, I, I imagine PA's listenership numbers today, they're great all the time, but probably a little bit higher after last night's game with the Chicago Bears. And I start writing down, I start with a blank sheet on our power hour. If, if we have lots of guests, it's less because if it's guests today, is today's a little bit about the fallout. And, I, and I'm thinking in here, Derek, uh, The uh, I was going through all my, my lists as we are going to work our way through what was probably said and still being said around water coolers. And if you're in your car having lunch, listening to the Jack Michaels show today, great to have you on board and thinking, I wonder what they're going to say about the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to start at the beginning. That's the best place to start. I'm going to start at the beginning. In the beginning. Let's go to Genesis book one. Genesis of this whole thing. I'm going to start at the beginning. Of, of the Vikings and the Bears, and then hopefully throughout there, because I, I was, I, PA went off on a little nice little rant right there with Nordo, and I and I really kind of agree with that because, granted, everybody has said everything about Dobbs and play calling, and we'll get into all of that and this and that and tanking, and here's what you need to do at a bye week and the Raiders, and you're still a seven seed, but it won't matter because you're not going to beat San Fran and certainly not going to beat Philly and the draft class and quarterback and. They got first round, you know, all of that, all of that. That's all near the end. In the beginning, I want you to answer me this real quick, and I don't have anybody has really brought this up because maybe it's not a thing. Am I the only one of a few that thinks they should have replayed the first play for the Minnesota Vikings? Like reviewed it through a challenge play? Whether it was a catch or not, yeah. Did I not? I didn't. Every angle I saw, I was going to text you, and I'm thinking, Okay, must have hit the ground. But like two replays I saw, and I, I don't know if they did hit the ground. And obviously they were, and and, and he didn't, you know, Addison well, didn't that's the make thing it is, look like it. But Derek, am I, let's start at the beginning here today. I want to know if fifth-year vet Addison's going to be more dynamic about these close plays that he's had, some of these, you know, where like he's jumped up in the air. Like Like, well, like, no, I caught that. Right. Because I think if he was like, because he's just very, after interviewing him too, he's very just, chill like he's very on a he's, he's but he got that speeding ticket so he's yeah not, right he's right so he's he's very kind of he doesn't yeah. you know he's not boisterous even kind of yeah. the way with you know justin jefferson is not randy moss but he's somewhere in between those mm-hmm. two right so he's not he wasn't he wasn't like no i caught it you know what i mean if, if we right. think of the no i caught it if he did that then i'd be it, more I what you're saying right and i don't know if if they would have returned. I just don't know if they would have. Yeah, if they were. I, I don't know if they would have called it a catch in the field. I think it would have been hard to overturn. But it was fifty yards. I right. think it might have been worth <laughs> worth a flag, Derek. So that was that was me at the start. Is like I think he might have caught that. Yeah. 
I, I didn't really see. Even when he rolled over, it kind of looked, yeah, I saw the ball, but it didn't look like the, like, you know, it looked like the baby was still being cradled in somebody's arm, you know. So anyway, that was my that was my beginning last night. I'm thinking I would have, I'd have, I'd have risked a, a flag there just to challenge one, just to just to see. And if I lose it, okay, I lose it. But I'm going to lose a challenge on something that would have gained 50 yards. Well, you know, so that was the, that was the start of just the, the to me anyway. Let me ask night. you this: speaking of in the beginning, so let's let's go to three out of the four games that you and I have followed closely over the past four days. Okay. Friday you and Saturday, you and I had similar beginnings. I mean, first possessions have set the tone of a game mm. in all three of these mm. games that we're talking about. The high school game I covered. For sure. Eden Valley Watkins wins the toss. They take the ball and they go down and score on the first drive. And, and then missed, it and just missed the two point, but went down and it scored. It was 6 right? nothing, yep. but then, you know, it was 6 6. You know, the, right. And then the game you covered, Sac State does the same thing, win the toss. toss. They go down, run, you know, <laughs> down plays, the field. It's like knife through hot butter, three right? Three minutes, five yeah. plays, 75 yards. Where last night was long sustaining drive. Defense bends but doesn't break. Right, missed field but, goal. But yet can't always get off the field. And then when the Vikings are on offense, they can't do anything with it. So the defense goes back on the field all the time. Right. But yet ben, ben, bending and not breaking, didn't give up a touchdown the whole bleeping game, mm-hmm. and you're so inept on offense because what did I say? Forget about I mean, the Kirk Cousins Bobos, they got to chill. Okay, yes, they would be better with him. Of course. Yes. There's no question. Starting He's the quarterback. Uh, He's if, the you, guy. if I could go and give him Wolverine mutant powers <laughs> to heal compared to the right. other guys, right. as, as critical as I've been of of him, and I shouldn't even say critical. I just know what he is. Right. He is. He's an above 500 quarterback that maybe he'll get you in the postseason, right. but he's not going to beat the Eagles of the 49 But for this team, he's this the best year, of what they got. In recent years, he's the guy. So Josh Dobbs does what he does with Kevin O'Connell doing one of the greatest coaching jobs we've ever seen against Atlanta. Right. And then we went with the New Orleans game and kind of a you know within three days get playbook. What did I say was my worst fear in this whole scenario? As they're going to try to make him something is not that they're mm. going to try to put him in the system and they'll try right. to you know it's almost like if they give him too much of the playbook, yeah. then they're going to have a problem because that's not who he is. And why does he jump from team to team? It's the same reason that. And forget about the political nonsense of taking a knee. Colin Kaepernick, RG3, some of these quarterbacks that don't mind going running a little bit and not are going to be sitting in the pocket. They're going to make something out of nothing. And what do we always hear? Well, they got to learn how to throw from the pocket. Be you got to learn how. And like I said to you in a text last night, can you imagine if we said about Sacramento State's quarterback saying, oh, he's just got to sit in the pocket and be more patient? Right. No, that some guys just are not wired that way. Kirk Cousins is not Tom Brady. Josh Dobbs is sure as heck not Patrick Mahomes. But somewhere you have to understand, he's much more like Patrick Mahomes than he is Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins. That's right. And you have to let him play. Troy Aikman was frustrated on this last night. you got to let him, if you're going to do play action, play action, roll out. And then he has a run-pass option. To have him Troy stand there, on. oh yeah! To have him stand there in the pocket is it total mal- malpractice. Even even yes. when the steps were good, even when he had a, when it was a three or five step drop, and then actually stepped up in, that even looked uncomfortable. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, let's go back to nineteen ninety eight. What did Brian Billick talk about? What he did quite a bit for Randall Cunningham is he cut off one half of the field. Like one half of the field was just pretty much 
and they would do a lot of play action because you know Robert Smith could play run the action. ball a little they bit and they roll out, deep, yeah, they roll can... out, and then yeah, sometimes you just take seven step drops and throw it up because number eighty four is going to yeah, get right. it. Right. I mean, all, we're talking about one of the greatest yeah. quarterbacks. And uh, maybe with JJ back, get it, no, but anyway, no, no, one hundred percent. I mean, it's a different game with him for sure. But they have to understand well, what he is, and he's going to be a guy who's going to move the chains for you with his feet sometimes, and you have to accept that. You have to accept that that's – and maybe the end swallows him up and holds contained. There's no doubt. But to take that away from him, you're just – you're it's total kryptonite for what they want to do. If the, they wanted to be this KOC system quarterback guy, you're better off starting the rookie hall and letting him ride it out then. The uh, – you would think uh, – so – Today, maybe the text club will use to, let's just say, fix it. Is it fix it? Fix it. Fix the wild. Fix the wolves. Oof. Fix the twins. You know, are they good where they're at right now? You know, we can maybe fix it on the on the on the uh, on the text club. We'll also come up with a question as well. But the uh, like my buddy Virgil Hill, school at Virgil, converted southpaw, meaning what? His uh, his uh, his strength. You know, is in his uh, left hand, lefty. You know, Virgil's lefty, converted southpaw. So instead of using the uh, the uh, the left hand as the knockout punch, what made Virgil so effective? To your point on on you know, cater to a strength. Correct. What they uh, the converted southpaw that that left becomes the jab hand. And why was Virgil a lot of success? Because his jab hurt. All right, for right. Sure. And then that then the right hand would come over, but that jab would would pack a punch. Converted southpaw. Now, could you imagine? If someone come in going, yeah, I get it, Roger. You're knocking a lot of guys out or stunning them, you know, with that jab. Yeah, but let's go back. Let's go back and make that the naga punch and use a weaker, maybe right hand that jabs that doesn't do a damage wave. No, yeah. <laughs> what made him effective was the fact that his jabs packed a punch, and then he could finish it with the right. Well, NFL and, co- coaches and quarterback coaches have done that for years. Think about that, yeah. you know. So, so with uh, with Dobbs, here's the the perplexing thing, and I and I even felt it in Paul's voice, who obviously is tight he's at practice facilities he's calling games he travels with he's on it you would think that that, uh that with the amount of knowledge and and quarterback coaching and for kevin o'connor with 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 head coaching jobs and the personnel he's worked with you would think that he would understand what you just said derek and cater to putting dobbs in a consistent position to be successful, and it goes – so even if we're going to give that the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, he probably is, but there's maybe something Josh is doing. Then I'd have to go back and say, okay, then what were the Bears doing? What were the – what was Eberflus? What were the Bears doing last night that made Dobbs look like, wow, this is just a horrendous – it's a tough game for Josh. What were they doing? And then whatever it was, could you have – made in-game adjustments to counter what you were seeing with the Bears. So the whole game last night, that's what was going through my mind. That's a good point because to what you're saying, kind of watching it, the Bears did do what the Broncos were doing is trying to stay in their lanes and not letting them get loose, to your point. Yeah, they're kind of – there's a little bracketing out but here. But I think as the offensive coordinator, which the head coach is, you also have to know that that's going to happen now, right? So you have to make – you're now going to not just – let him do and improvise the way he did against the Saints and have that amazing run to the far side there that was great off to the left side, that you're going to have to kind of create some of that too. Make him hang on the ball. 
And but I don't want him to run just for the sake of running. I want him to run in spots where he needs to run up in the pocket and then slide for that first down. Sure, that's the only way this team is going to win. Five yards here, six yards. And there. If he's going to be the quarterback, that's how they're going to win. Otherwise, put Mullins or see what Hall can do. Who's got to run a little bit too? I mean, that's in his game at yep. BYU. He's going to be similar to Dobbs, maybe a little bit. He's got to be smarter about it, and not take guys head on the way he did against Atlanta, <laughs> literally. But he's going to have to bring that in the table. But if they want him to be a system quarterback, that we got to see if this kid can do it. Otherwise, have Mullins in there and just pretend he's Kirk, Figure it out. Kirk Cousins. I don't because- have the. I don't have. I can pull it up here. I have the. Um, I don't have the rush yards yesterday, and I know that Chicago's tough. Chicago's def- run defense, yes, not very bad. Good. Yeah, um, but I saw a couple times, uh, whether it be uh, Ty or or uh, or Madison, between tackles even that had some firm runs, right. And even with if it were stretch draws or whatever the play might be, uh, the line at times, not consistently, but enough, which is maybe the fault is Derek and I will get into the as we move past Genesis now deeper into the book. The uh, that they were running it at times decent enough where it would almost a step away from like busting stuff out. Right. Um, so again, that whole game last night, I, I questioned too late. You know, once once we get through this, we get into so, so we, it gets to be halftime last night. The anatomy of the game, so it gets to be halftime last night, and at the break, if I'm not mistaken, it's tied, and both teams have like a field goal or whatever. It's tied. The Vikings have 76 yards, I think, at halftime. They're minus two in the turnover margin, and uh, they hadn't converted a third down. They're over eight on third down. Here are all the just the ugliest numbers you ever want to see in the National Football League. And if I would have called you on planet Mars and you were up there and eating cheese on Mars, and I say, hey, what's up? Well, I know you're a big Vikings fan, and obviously you're on Mars, so you're not be able to catch this game. But here's the deal at half. The Vikings have lost it. They're all, you know, they're minus two in turnover, 76 yards, and they're overrated in third down. Wow, what's the score? 17 nothing? Nope, tied up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. You'd be like, oh my gosh. They got a chance. You know, this is a game that they can win. So then you're wondering in the second half where adjustments are made at halftime. You know, adjustments are made by both teams, mind you. I don't think Chicago was sitting there going, well, let's over-adjust and change our game plan thoroughly. You know, I doubt Chicago right. was changing much, Derek. So really the onus comes to me back on the Minnesota Vikings. So what are we going to do to put Dobbs in a position to move this ball down the field? And maybe the Bears were just that good last night. I don't know. But this was what was running through my mind. And then all of that said, you know, yes, the four interceptions, a couple of balls was getting tipped around, and, and, and so there were picks. And well, the, Addison you know, has to catch that yeah, ball, that's too. That's right. You know, so not, not all on Dobbs. A um, couple might have been, uh, certainly. You know, they're, they're a number of things. But you also forced two turnovers. And where you force turnovers and when you force the turnovers should have breathed such a life as, oh, my goodness, let's buckle down. <laughs> let's let's call some plays here, not in the terms of a big chunk. You know, how do we how do we stretch the field? How do we do it? How do we do it? Let's let's design some plays to get to move a chain once. To get a chain, to have something positive once, have we exacerbated the adjustments we made at halftime? Have we figured out how to put Josh in a position where we are going to, or was Chicago just that good? And Derek, it comes down to the turnover. Metellus was hitting like a hammer last night. He's had a great season. Oh, he really has. Love that. Hitting like a hammer. 
And if you didn't think you had a new lease on life after Dobbs, when they ran a th- what was it, like a three tight end set, and Hawkinson comes across and Dobbs airs it up, made him go up and get it, but he did, and he scores a touchdown. They got a lead. Now they get the ball back on the turnover, and now you're plus one with what, Derek? Three and a half, four minutes to play. Yep. And you've got the ball, and I want to say uh, the 40-ish. 43-yard 40th. line. Derek, take me now to your frustration because this, in texting you last night, back and forth, our little thing, this here lies whether you're going to win probably or lose the game. Well, you've been calling UND football off and on. dozen years. Okay. How many times have I heard you, no matter who the coach is, certainly Bubba with, since he's been there, right. mention the term four-minute offense? Mm-hmm. Several times. And how many times in some heartbreaking losses have the Fighting Hawks lost because they couldn't finish out the four-minute offense? Quite a few, right? Yep. I mean, I'm just yep. saying this as a fan listening. Right. And listen, I'm not saying I'm a UND fan, NDSU fan. I mean, I'm just right. as a fan of football. Over a decade, this instance has happened several times. Like, how many times do we have? As not a Viking have fan, yeah. as someone who's followed, and you know, because – Let's face it. Let's be quite honest with you know. In some close games, that the team that's won nine national championships, they've been able to finish out the four minute offense. And, and I'll guarantee you, you go to most teams that have consistently done it. Probably They're winning like, championships. Probably finished out that. Yes, they put a finish on it. So, so to that point, you have to finish. And it doesn't mean a yard and a cloud of dust. And and load up and try to just make it obvious that you're going to run on first and second down. There's too much time. You have to act like you are trying to score. I think Joel Heikamp on a little chain text there. Right, As we right. said, you got to. Sh- and I agree 100. percent You have to treat it like you're down six here. So Derek, it's first and ten, and you just told me that that Minnesota just forced a fumble. They've got the ball in Chicago's 43 yard line, leading yep. ten to nine. Yep. So Alexander Madison up the middle, which is not always the greatest, especially with two tight ends, because he runs right in the back of Garrett Bradbury. Usually. How much did he get? Uh, nothing. No okay. gain. Second down and ten. It would be on the Chicago forty-three again, obviously. Huh. Right tackle off the right tackle gets a yard, so now it brings up a third and nine third at the down Chicago nine. thirty-two. And now the the field goals not two timeouts by the way. Both time you know two Chicago time- had to burn a couple timeouts yep. right. So now the field goal's not in question, obviously, even at the starting point, the 43. Obviously, you're not going to boot a 60-plus-yard field goal, Derek. But now aren't we dealing, and before this drive even starts, how many yards do – I'm going to use the word we, Viking fans. How many yards do we need at the start of that drive to maybe help finish that game off? Well, I would say seven more if you're going to give. Seven, eight, you'll take ten, certainly. Even I mean, if more, you want to try great. 50, because you know, if you miss it and that burned them yeah, it burned right. them against Denver, I think, right? They, they got they, half a field and kicked right. three and it's over. So I'm just, you know, so I think they were kind of thinking about that a little bit too. You don't know what you're getting from Greg Joseph compared to, you know, the kid from the Eagles. Who, would, would you say now you just designed two plays here, uh, you read, is that a conservative approach, right approach? Hindsight. Too conservative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, the other thing, it goes back to, again, you have a quarterback that can roll out and have a option to pass or run. That's where this is absolute offensive malpractice by Kevin O'Connell. My guess is on first and 10, you've just forced a turnover. You it's first and action. 10. You are leading 10 to 9, and you're on Chicago's 43. What do you think Eberflus is thinking? What think you you're going to run the ball. I mean, because they're going to take time out. You, they're going to force us to call a timeout. You put two tight ends. Though. You went, you went twelve formation, right? So you're you're going. Well, with, I'm in full agreement with you right yeah. now. So what do we do? We're going to run it between the thing. Okay, well that's it. But what happens right there on first down if you flip a script a little bit? Yeah, I mean you. 
to me, you got to do play action with your athletic quarterback. You, Kirk Cousins is not your quarterback. You have a guy who can run it, and so you need to do play action and run the other way and see what he has to bring to the table and then have Jordan Addison run and kind of go and fake that you're going to throw to him if he's not open and then run for a couple more yards. The anatomy, of, the anatomy of a loss. On third down now, from your estimation, what you've told me now, it's third down and nine probably on the 42 of Chicago. What do we run? Oh, that would be a screen pass out to Brian Powell for a loss of one yard. So it is now fourth and ten. And that was a bad play, too, because you have to, at that point, you got to go a little vertical. You can't go horizontal. And the reason they did it is because they wanted to make sure it was completed, right? You want to keep the clock going. Keep the clock going and make make Chicago burn their last time out. But those screens were not working all night long, whether it was a running back screen or a tight end screen or a C.J. bleeping ham screen. (laughs) You're up ten to nine still. The good news is... You still have a lead of 10 to 9. Now, the better news is here, okay, we'd have loved a field goal because I, I, Chicago hasn't shown they've been able to get in the end zone. Yep. So if, if, if we're not going to get the field goal to go up four, but at least we can pin them, Derek, with a punt. And Ryan Wright decides to kick at 26 yards out of bounds. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, you try to boost Ouch. it. You try to get up, and you hope that your guy can just stand there at the five-yard line and catch it. Send it to the – yeah, he, he hasn't been – I mean, he can hold and all that, but he hasn't been ouch. very good as far as a punter at all. Uh, ouch. And that takes us to a break. Mitch Berger. <laughs> That's right. The anatomy of a loss. And now that now Chicago's got the ball. And we're up against the clock. We'll take a quick timeout. Will the anatomy of one, and then to fix it, maybe we'll figure out a way on that today, too. It is the Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen on 740 The Fan. Like a double shot Tuesday. Really, what do you want to put me after? Better, better, better. After little Susie, what would you put next oh, for Tesla? Oh, golly. I love will find a way, maybe. Signs? Probably, signs yeah, so you want love bad. song or. I might uh, go ballad or because that's yeah. uh, Tesla was good. My One of my my roommates was a huge Tesla. I am too. Jeff Keith's voice is so unique. It so is. you know when you hear a, a, a Tesla song and that's Jeff Keith, you know, that's. I talked to one of their. I interviewed him when I was working at Rock Station, one of the. I can't remember if it was a drummer or a guitarist or whatever, but he was a cool dude. So we talked about that. This, this is why I love uh, this show. Is that that you just brought something that just triggered a question for the text club today? Because we're we're knee deep. We haven't quite finished the the the, the therapeutic Vikings lost yet. We're not done with that yet. We still have something ways to go. But I'll throw this at you just to get off it for a second, because the five man uh, acoustical band, yeah, or electrical band, five man acoustical band, yep, you know, with signs redone, you know, da da da. Right. Uh, one could argue that disturbed. Uh, Covered a song as well, if 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 not even better, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, um, uh, the uh, the uh, um, uh, sound of silence, sound of silence, really well done. So there's my question. Yeah, top two songs where the cover as good if not better than it's the original. Fight, fighting still. Those are that's that's a huge question. The most obvious it? one to me yeah. is, I think. Whiskey in the Jar by uh, Metallica is better than Thin Lizzy's version. And I like Thin Lizzy. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that's a... The boys. That's really dumb. For those who don't know, the boys are back in town. You can name it. That's a great song. Yeah, that's it. But there's my question today uh, on top of everything else. Text in (laughs) 35270. (laughs) A musical is a song that is as good, if not better, the covered version than the original. 
Sound of Silence by Disturbed is so good. What I like about it, too, is... From Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. and, and both are fine. Well, here's what I like about that, and kind of the same thing with the whiskey and, jar, and you know, a lot of these, is when they really make it their own. You know, because I, I think, do you ever hear the Weezer remake of uh, Toto's Africa? It oh, doesn't sound any different. It and it, so it almost sounds like a croaky thing, and that's what I don't like about Somebody that. Somebody did a cover of the Boys of Summer, like the Addicts or the Aztec. Uh, uh, Ataris. Ataris. Yep. Addicts. Nailed it. The Addicts. And I, and I don't know if I, it's not bad. Oh, I like it. It's not bad. And it is. It was sort of, you know what? I like it. I think, because I think you did some, some of the montage with it. I think. Because if you want a kind of an upbeat in the industry that we're in, it kind of fits to some stuff that we want. Because Henley's is so right, and I use the I use the cover more than I probably yeah, use the other one. Henley's is just kind of got this feel about it, right? It's just kind of this. Henley's Boys of Summer is made for a window down in the summer. Mm-hmm. The Atari's one, I think, is good. Any any go Friday night, let's any go, right, let's go right, get them right? right Friday. Yeah. So that I don't know. I, I throw the question out. It, it it's as Derek says. Those are those are fighting words because good luck to you, laddie. I Venus. I'm your Venus. I'm your that that's, that's pretty a remake, good. isn't it? Right. Yeah. And then the, then that's they, the Bengals, right? Of oh, the like Banana Rammer or the Bengals or something like that. I can't believe I just referenced some good ones. No, I mentioned Metallica. Turn the page. That's pretty good. Ooh. Um, Garth that, Garth Brooks covers of Hard Luck Woman. Have you ever heard that? That's really good. I don't know if I heard. Yeah, that was on the. Smashes, thrashes, and or no, what oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something where they had everyone do like songs of theirs. So it went turn I'll, turn I'll, the page is a tremendous text because I'm a huge Bob Seger. Like, how dare you even cover this? And then Metallica and they did, did it, it justice, and right? They did it justice, and I think Bob liked it a lot, if I remember right. Simon and Garfunkel loved Disturbed's Dude, version, and yeah. it's amazing if you look at the two going. How is this band covering yeah. that song? Uh, Live and Let Die by Guns N' Roses. That was actually was pretty good. I mean, to pick that up and he that was off their. Oh, the album I played a lot of GNR. Oh yeah, well that was the rock days. Two, one of their two use your illusions. That's it. it. The blue yeah. side and the, the blue red side, side, the red, red side. side. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So we left you as we go through the therapeutic, and that's still open, by the way. And uh, I guess it's Tuesday. We'll give out thirteen points for every accepted. What songs covered better than the original? Uh, so we left you with with Minnesota uh, running for no yards and ready to close out a game. All they need to do is just chew up a few minutes. One first down, kick a field goal, uh, get enough yardage on that, then kind of go off tackle for one yard, third down to nine, and then kind of flat out screen to an area where even if, God, and it was, you're not going to get the, you lose the yard back. So now, and then you punt, and will say, well, if you can pin them, it just makes them longer to get down the field. And then even if they do that, they're going to be, you know, hey, is he really going to knock a deep field goal in? Eh, we'll see. And then they get a 26-yard punt. So that's where you—that's where we left off during this therapeutic anatomy of a non-win for the Minnesota Vikings, and now it is just about—you got to contain Chicago. And here, Derek, while I'm following this, is my question too: Brian Flores, who is like—it's like watching a scene out of—I'll say it again—Braveheart. You know when they used to fight on the you know, just yep. everybody's coming. I mean, everybody's coming, and they are loaded up for bear. They are just co- – that's Brian Flores. He's like watching the movie Braveheart. I mean, everybody is just, here we go, it's on, and we're going to take down Longshanks and everybody he's got. And it's fun to watch because you don't know where that pressure is coming from. He can line up seven or eight guys, and two might back off, one might come. 
could he have dialed up more as that drive for Chicago or is that dice to roll too risky? It's um, I think we could second guess that quite a bit. I know the announcers did quite a bit on the TV side. I'm going to say this. I'm not going to talk about Brian Flores because his head coach put him in that situation last night. Yep. Got it. It's all on it's all on Kevin O'Connell. I like Kevin O'Connell. I'm not calling for his head. And the defense was great. They held him to three twelve points. Defense yeah. was this great. this loss was on Kevin O'Connell, and I know people like Kevin O'Connell. He's all pretty and blue eyed, smiling, and I like him. I I, I hope they keep him for yep. a long time. The way I feel about PJ Fleck with the Gophers too. Let's mm-hmm. not. But he has to look in the mirror on what he's been doing here with this situation the last two weeks with this quarterback. It's all on him, and because oh. he's making Josh Dobbs try to be something he's not. You have to accept what he is. He's a draw, a play in the sand quarterback. If you're not going to do it, then put someone else in. Put Mullins in. Put Jaron Hall in. And his ineptitude of an approach that is going to win football games for you has cost this team from being undefeated. The undefeated. But you also agree. You're right. You're right. You also agree that during the course, even during a healthy season. Offense has to bail out the defense sometimes. Defense 100%. has to bail, right? This is a complimentary is a, football. He said it in the sound cut that you had all morning long. Complimentary football. And, and the offense hasn't complimented the defense hardly at all this and year. here lies the problem. That, Can that, you think of a game that they've won this year where the offense has complimented the defense much? Maybe Atlanta, some of the plays that they made? A little bit of that. But let's face it. But the defense has been the one consistent factor this season. 100%. They have played well enough for the, this team to be undefeated. I mean, Dobbs, to think about it, in the Atlanta game where he came on, you know, he made a couple of mistakes, which you go, he just got into town, right? I mean, so, but they overcame that, so they still put the defense in an awful situation to have to make stops against Tyler Heineke, and they did, and then they found a way. Kevin O'Connell has not had a good year playing calls and getting his offense prepared to play football games. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Chicago goes down, makes a play. They go to the one man that, that Josh Fields is certainly comfortable throwing with somehow, some way. Maybe uh, was it three or four man rush on, on, on Fields, and he finds a way to be protected in that pocket looking downfield. And like with anything, and if you're in zone coverage, and trust me, I've seen enough zone coverage to understand you're trying to contain. You're trying to guard zones of the field. When you come across my face, I'm confident that my guy in my next house down is going to be able to cover that area. And all of a sudden you get in these coverages and a little bit of time is bought and time is money, baby. And you can buy a little more time. That gives another step, maybe another shake, another float to an open spot against the defense, Derek, and that's kind of what we saw happen. And they make the 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 the, the catch, and that burns it. Now the writing is on the wall. Use the clock down, burn whatever timeout you got left. They kick a field goal. You return something back with ten or twelve seconds left. You get a decent return, and then it comes down to just all the mess. And now the game ends, and you lose twelve to ten. Yep, that's the anatomy of that game. I do have another like post mortem of the 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 thing to get to that maybe will bring Viking fans. Either back up a little bit, or perhaps maybe wallow. But there's your anatomy of the Vikings Bears twelve ten. Your final phone lines at two three seven thirty seven sixty seven triple eight four five eight six nine two six. Thirteen points per accepted answer. Also on our text club today <laughs> for songs that were covered as good, if not better, than the original. Well, Thirteen points at a one year football game. <laughs> Let's go to line. Yes, it would have. That's all you needed was 13 uh-huh. points. Let's go to the phone lines. Who we got today? Uh, Andrew, Andrew in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Andrew, oh my goodness, the voice of reason in Lakes country. What do you have today? 
I wish my wife would say the same thing about me like that, but we'll just leave that for another day. <laughs> is she listening? Is she doing no, it? No, she is. Oh, good. I, I okay. hope not. Then we're uh, fair. But, hey, she, she's a big fan of yours just like I am, so I never know, so I'm just going to tread, uh, tread with caution in this conversation. <laughs> if, if she is, let me say this. I just I think she's a wonderful person. That union is going to yeah. last forever. Yes. Not and like, we know oh, what yeah. she has to put up with. So they, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm teasing yeah. you. Yeah. There's a reason why I sit down in the basement during Vikings games by myself and watch them because uh, she just doesn't need to see that um, that side of me. Uh. Um, I, <laughs> it's not that bad, but hey, that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> Derek, you're right as far as Dobbs is concerned with, with Kevin O'Connell's square peg round hole. He's trying to make him a drop-back passer, and it's funny how he does his best when he doesn't even hardly know the, the teammates on his team and uh-huh. the play is being ran, and he could just ad-lib and run around and just play street ball. But there's a reason why, and I'm, I, I'll, I'll preface this with saying it's easy to say this now, but in fairness, if my uncle was here now, we were going out to the duck blind, and I told him I would start Dobbs in that, or I would start Hall in that Saints game rather than Dobbs because – Think of it this way. The guy's been on seven, eight teams. He hasn't been able to put together a successful season in his career. He's coming over here on short notice, barely knows the playbook. Meanwhile, you've got a veteran backup who's been with the, with the team for almost two seasons. You've got a rookie you drafted here that's been here through all, all of training camp, knows the playbook, showed, you know, had one really good drive, mind you, and we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I don't understand why a professional coach like Kevin O'Connell is, a former quarterback, would continue to tout out a guy who they're trying to teach on the fly, who they're not getting in big time, you know, really productive practices because of health wise and, and conditioning and the late buy. I don't understand why they continue to, to run him out there in this tough of a situation, not giving him the adequate amount of time to actually learn the playbook and let Kevin kind of learn his game a little bit better when you've got two more capable, in my mind, quarterbacks behind him who know the offense, know the teammates, know the plays, know this the makeup of this game much better than he does. They can throw with anticipation because they know where the receiver is going to be. He, the biggest knock on him so far in the passing game is he doesn't throw with anticipation. He just throws it open to, wide, to guys who are wide open because it's the obvious way. But that's not going to win you football games over the totality of it, not to mention he's turned the ball over constantly. Yep. And it's just there, there's it's a culmination of events here that just, preach to the fact that he should not be starting. Like I said, I know it's easy to say now, but it made sense from the get-go. He was an emergency quarterback at that time. He's not that now. Jack has an interjected question. Not disagreeing with anything you just laid out there, eh? I love when you talk in the third person. Yeah, Jack, you like that? (laughs) (laughs) George is getting upset! (laughs) Seinfeld. (laughs) Tommy Tommy Likewingy. Tommy Likewingy. Tommy Likewingy. Interjection. Uh, did O'Connell have a choice after in. after the Dobbs star rose, after the hit, after the win, after the push, after the glorious, after the glitter, after all of this? Uh, I'm just speaking out of the box here. Well, obviously, I, I obviously he the a... answer is he did, and he could have, and he yeah. should have, and all that. But did he? I don't think he had a choice in the Saints game because Hall wasn't ready cleared yet. I mean, so that was a problem. So they because they had to bring Mannion. So in. now take us back there. So he so Dobbs comes in. He goes from the bullpen. Boom, win. Yeah, and all of that stuff now going on. So now now after say, the, after the after the second half of the Saints game, he did. Okay. Because he went out, came out like gangbusters in the first half. The second half, 
fell apart, barely won the game, and okay, now this is bringing us back to earth. That sheen has kind of come off. He had an electric first half. They figured out a game plan to stop him in the second half, made him a pocket passer, almost came back and won. Okay, we've got our full fleet of quarterbacks now. What, who gives us the best chance to win? And I would easily argue that a guy who's been there for three weeks, who has never been extremely, who's never been a productive quarterback in the NFL, does not give your team the best chance to win uh, with a three weeks of exposure to this team. Okay, there, there's the answer, and, and you understand the question, right, Andrew? I mean, I ha- got to ask that, Absolutely. right? I mean, did he? You know, I, I got in front of me, by the way, and I know that this point will be moot. But 17 of 21, 189 yards, a touchdown, six rushes, 55 yards, long of 44. That was Josh Dobbs' numbers as an Arizona Cardinal against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, it didn't continue that way. We all know that. But but it's in there. Something was in there. I I, I agree with Andrew that now you can – I think it's something that you and Joel and I talked about in our text message last night is I think that coaches should not be afraid of, you know what, you just have a good start. Let's go to relief. Let's go to the bullpen, right? I, I think they should they should do that more often. In the NFL, but you, love, than they do. you guys love to be a fly in the wall during that yeah, conversation, right, though, for sure. Be, because when, I think they could have done it last night; it would have been pretty justifiable. I think I agree with Andrew in the point of what they got to do from now on. I think that Kevin O'Connell was put in a situation where, even after the Saints game, where it wasn't good. It'd have been really going. Really, you're going to bench him going to Denver? Right. What, what would have been the topic of conversation? Yeah, I, I don't think you could do it yet. I think after today. If they announce that Nick Mullins or Jared Hall is going to start against the Raiders after the bye week, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. I don't think that would even be, you know, who would complain about that? But I also think that his, his comeback is, listen, we caught lightning in a bottle at, you know, on, on short notice. He made some great plays in a, in a tough position. But at the end of the day, we're, he's learning on the fly right now. We have guys that don't need to learn on the fly. Yeah, We want to give our, chance, our team the best chance to win. Denver, I get it. But now we're moving into Chicago, a division game going into the bye. Put one of those other guys in there. You can learn from the, over the bye week, make some make some tweaks. But you're not making wholesale changes like you have to with him. And so it's like I said, it's easy to say now. I understand that, but I was I was thinking that before. But mm-hmm. it's easy. It's, it's the low sure. hanging app. It's the whole low hanging sure. fruit now. It is a great call. What a what a wonderful wife you have, Andrew. Uh, thanks for <laughs> is she still? Is she? I'll listening? make sure. I'll make sure you tell her that. Uh, so. Thanks. Extra brownie points. And you, I'll give you thirteen points. <laughs> <laughs> Thirteen. Right. Do you have a song? I thought you were going to call him with a song yeah. too. You could. Dude, I, I've heard so much music over the years that I can't come up with one on the fly like this. I, I, I like I like a lot of stuff. But the the sound of silence is the first one that came to mind for me. It's a great call. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 the cream of the crop. Um, off the top of the head, but I literally have to go in the. I'd have to go down the. Uh, I whole music to I really thought, figure it out. I it's, thought Andrew's going to say, "I've heard so much music, I don't even know what the original is anymore." Is anymore? I don't know what the <laughs> right. cover is. True, if you guys want to well, a lot of that happens a lot. That was a cover. Well, that, that was a cover. Yeah. They did that in nineteen. Oh, good stuff. Andrew, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Have a good day, you guys. All righty. That's our, our boys in the yeah, another Andrew here, too. Andrew, I love it. It's an all-Andrew Tuesday. Yeah, let's, right. let's get to it. Hey, Andrew, what's up? Hey, doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. What's Where do you want to go today with this whole? Well, I got a song for you. Okay. Uh, it's Mr. Johnny Cash performing Hurt. Yeah, that's not originally bad. Originally done by Nine Inch Nails. Ooh. Do you like it a lot better? Because I like both so much. It's hard for me to you pick know, between the two. No, I'm a big Nine Inch Nails guy, so I like the original better. But everybody seems to say Johnny Cash... His version is better, so I think Trent Reznor even said that once. Yeah, he did actually. You got the, you got the. Well, that's kind of what Paul Simon said. I like the fact that, and the way he complimented Disturb was they've they've 
brought the song back to life. Is that kind of what you did? Yeah, like they resurrected Mm -hmm. uh, a great '70s classic song. Yeah, that's a very good point. Hurt. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. All right, good job, man. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Whenever uh, it's a a pause, that's me. That's my brain, Derek, thinking, "What have I missed? What song have I missed? What have I missed? What have I missed?" Well, the uh, bumper going coming into the final segment here of the Jack Michaels show. Oh, we are up against the clock. Might might be one. Well, and I think is this a a little tease here? It is, and the reason is, and a texture brought it up, and I think it's really good. And, And you and I, being the '80s guys that we are. Yep. I think the one that we're going to play here is oh. a cover. And the reason it's so big, and it's maybe not the biggest metal band of the 80s ever, but it's one that really made hard rock music airplay, especially on top 40 stations, acceptable. So hmm. we'll let you ponder this when we go to break. I'm pondering right now. <laughs> Speaking of quarterbacks. I mean, I mean everyone. <laughs> listeners, everyone. Speaking of quarterback. All right, quick time out. We're back with more Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen today on 740 The Fan. Let's go. Wild, wild, I was time I, I, I chatted with Kevin Dubrow yeah, for his passing. Lead singer, Quiet Riot. Yeah, Quiet Riot covered Slade's version to come on Feel the Noise, which I agree, and I love Slade. I think that's a great call. Run Run Away has been my opening music to any one of my shows forever, but this is a better version. And it, it, I remember talking when I was young and wanted to get. Oh, how many times did you get requested for this song? Oh, this unbelievable. Not only that, how many times just as like a like a young guy. You know, uh, with a big boombox at the Williston Armory, cranking up Quiet Riot, playing yeah. hoops when we had like eight foot hoops on the side and ten footers, we'd slam on the eight and cranking up Quiet Riot. Well, mental health went multi platinum, oh. and but they'll never be remembered for being one of the greatest because they couldn't follow it up because they couldn't get along because Kevin DeBrow's ego went right. He bonkers. was yeah, he was out there. He was. But a front when you man. think of eighties hair bands that just made it and were all over MTV and radio airplay. They were like the seminal ones that made it, not just on rock stations, but everywhere. But we're still going to think of the 80s being more Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, right? right. I mean, there as was far a, as... I, um, speaking of, uh, in case you, we asked the, the, the cover song of the group that did it better as, as the original or at least equally, um, like Run DMC did Walk This Way. But it also with inter- Aerosmith. It also inter- That's so problem, it doesn't yeah. really count, does it? It no. doesn't it, when you intertwine that with that. No. Steven Tyler got his money on that one yeah, too. Okay, so. so it doesn't count as a cover per se, yeah. as opposed to uh, directly collaboration. But you know what that did? Talking about it made uh, it made hip hop radio airplay. I mean, it took rock, a rock song like that, to hit MTV, hit Friday Night Videos. Is the first time I saw that. I, and uh, that made hip hop explode on you know kind of mainstream air, radio airplay. I uh, I don't. I wish I knew the original. And, and you and I kind of pride ourselves in in music. We listened to enough and been on stations. A lot of us cut our teeth doing you know what we call DJs. You know rock. I am. Uh, I don't know if I know the original on this. Gloria Jones sang "Tainted Love." Oh yeah. Then it was redone. By soft soft cell. cell is that's a that's a cover that's a cover oh I just learned something I I would I don't I can't recall um because it was a Motown have you ever seen on I don't know if it's uh, Netflix or Showtime or Cinemax or Stars or all these movie channels that I pay much too much and Derek probably don't watch barely any but if you've seen the history of Motown 
that that's running and it, they rerun that. Fascinating. Yeah. Smokey and the gang and, and just all that stuff. But I think Gloria Jones' Tainted Love was a song that came out of Motown. And then years later, of course, Tainted Love with all the been in, then all that stuff came in. So there's there's my uh, on that. The yeah. Iceman texted. We haven't heard from him forever. The Iceman. I, yeah, he texted and said, like the, like the fact I had a little Latiz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the radio DJ from the 80s. Uh, this one always is controversial. I remember bringing this before. Um, Van Halen, you really got me the cover of the Kinks. I mean, that that one's I, I've I've heard yeah. s- seen screaming arguments about that one. You know, that's a good your argument. Sixty rock guys versus your late seventy rock guys saying which one's better in that one. So that's pretty good. Uh, Slate also did Mama, We're All Crazy, crazy now. now. That's a very true. Yeah, they redid that one. They made a lot of money off Slade. That's yeah. very true. It's too bad. You know, because if you just said, hey, there's a Slade concert, like, you would be there, I'd be there, and I don't right. know how many people university would go to that. But, you know, you think about that album, Slick Black Cadillac, I think, is one of the Excellent. best songs on that album, and it never really got as much radio airplay. So. Today was an anatomy of the loss last night, just to kind of work that through. And we've taken you down probably to the bottom, and and now let's see if we can't bring you back out, Vikings fans. So after the loss last night, Minnesota is 6-6. Six and six. They're sitting in the seventh spot, which is a wild card spot for the playoffs if the season ended today, but it doesn't. <laughs> the uh, oh, <laughs> the Vikings are going into a bye week. What does that mean? It means that Justin Jefferson, another week where that, that tricky injury, that hamstring, gets another week and two of healing. Um, it means whatever it means when, when Kevin O'Connell said we're going to evaluate all the plays and all this. So if you have a little faith, I guess, and or trust – that that they're going to take this bye week and try to figure out what's the best scenario here and moving forward on trying to put up wins and getting into the postseason. Okay, let's trust that. Then on the other side of it, Sunday, December 10th, they're going to be uh, in, in Clark County there in Las Vegas, and they're going to take on the Raiders. And I don't know if that scares anybody or if it's like, oh, it's a, it's a good game. You got J.J. coming back in the City of Lights, Sin City. Las Vegas, with whoever it is that's going to be pulling the trigger. But it is a road game. The following week is December 17th. Who's to say, by the way, the Vikings aren't going to beat the Raiders on the 10th? You know what? The defense is playing really well. Maybe they'll figure some things out, Derek. Then they go to Cincinnati, and you can't tell me that Cincinnati is in terrific spot right down the National Football League. No. Nope. Can't do that. So now there's another road game. So what are you, 7-7? Seven and seven? What are you, 8-6? and six? I don't think you're six and eight, but that's just my thought. Then you return home against Detroit. Now the Lions, as good as the Lions are, and Dan Campbell certainly has them. Just you know, uh, you know oh, they have some warts. They, I mean, their they, defense they, they, isn't right, as good. They've been exposed. Their, a little their past bit. defense is a little right. soft. It's not. It's not quite Ed Donatel soft, but it's a close. Right. It's there. So, so you got Detroit. Now, what are you? What are you? Eight and eight and eight and seven. What, you know, maybe like eight and seven. Where do you sit right now? Well, in this day and age, the NFL, you know, tell me what you can guarantee in the NFC. You're looking at divisions probably winning with maybe less than 500 mark, for goodness sakes. So maybe you are eight and seven, and you got Green Bay coming in. You tell me Flores isn't going to dial up as much pressure yeah. as humanly possible against Jordan Love in, in, in U.S. Bank Stadium? You know, so what are you now? Nine and seven? And then you go to Detroit. And what if you lose that game? But you've at least established that Dobbs is or is not your guy going forward. And to all the callers today and text messages and everything you talked about, Derek, maybe you've got a firm hand on, on who is pulling the shots going into Detroit and maybe you're going to Green Bay and maybe you lose that game. 
and maybe you finish nine and eight. Where does nine and eight put you in the NFC? Uh, probably in the playoffs, but not in a situation you want to be in. But that's granted. You know. and, and if it is San Francisco that you draw, you know, I um, think I'm going to go. I'm good gonna luck go. to next year, but but you know, it's going to be tough. It'll be a road game and all that. Maybe it is this and that and other thing. And then you go into your draft, and you've got a number of picks that you haven't quite, you know, lost. You got a first round, a second round, a couple of fourth round picks. There is a litany of quarterbacks. I don't know if one of them, you know what I'm getting at here, Derek. I'm trying to get on the other side. I know, of this. but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull Nick Larouche on you, and let's, we, well, let's just focus on the Raiders game and win that before we start getting to. I'm having I'm having Crash Davis pull out the sports cliches for you here. Because I don't think this team can focus on anything else but winning on the road against a team that actually likes to play football again now that Josh McDaniels is out of town. Oh, we got Tomorrow, the... should we talk about baseball and the fact that the Twins have lost two too. starters? And, yeah. you know. I'll be on the air here at like 4.30. What time is it? <laughs> I got three and a half hours to get ready for a basketball game. Well, that's good enough. Have fun with that tonight. I got uh, David Moulton on, by the way, our good friend who's the oh, yes. Troy Aikman spotter tonight. A little cross plug for my show of Ryan. KFGO tonight at 650. He's going from Troy Aikman right to you to the Couch Potato Radio on KFGO. Let's go. Good to have friends. <laughs> Good stuff. Common Man is coming up next. I doubt they'll talk about the Vikings. <laughs> coming up next.